<laughs> yeah, What's cool that? show today. I'm, I'm guilty of being all three Bs at some point, you know. And Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I've also uh, mostly, for the most part, I don't tolerate bullying anymore, and I have I'm very passionate about ways to mitigate it and identify it and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there was a time in elementary school where there was this, you know, little kid. He had some developmental issues. He, had, he was very blind, had a hard time seeing. And the kids would just constantly pick on this kid, you know. And they would they would just treat him. They would torture this kid, you know. And uh, one day, I got to admit this, man. I'm, I'm, I got to come clean. Like, I forget what it was. He, he got in an argument with me over who was going first down the slide. He was taking forever to go down the slide. All right. And I was trying to get past him. Like, and he was like, it's my turn. Hold on. I'm like, dude, you need to just go, you know, like, and he was kind of, he was kind of like giving me some pushback. So I took his glasses and I threw his glasses down the slide. And I, you know, that was the time that I can remember bullying someone. And I still feel bad about that. Like today, <laughs> like, man, I feel so bad about that. So like, I can only imagine the kind of emotional cleanup that uh, some of these actual bullies have to do. You know what I mean? Like uh, when it comes to them confronting what a douchebag they've been, I can understand their trepidation and their fear of actually doing the the therapeutic work that needs to be done to make them a better person, you know. But the the way to do it is exposure therapy, man. You got to expose them for who they are. You got to call out their behavior. You got to establish firm boundaries. Don't let, don't let anyone bully anyone else. That's the, that's the key thing. It's really difficult to stop bullying on your own. If you're being bullied, it's just you versus someone who's obviously more powerful than you in some way. It's very difficult for a bullied person to kind of overcome that situation on their own. But if there is just one other individual willing to step in, um, it can totally uh, mitigate the situation. And I've got a perfect example of, of this that happened in high school. It's kind of funny. Um, there's this kid being bullied, a really cool nerdy kid, not doing anything wrong, getting bullied, um, by this other little kid. And so I stepped, he, he, he was about to start messing with this kid and I stepped right between him. I said, you want to fight someone? Why don't you fight me? And then as soon as I did that, one of his friends stepped up to me way bigger than me and said, Oh no, we're going to, there's going to be a fight. It's going to be us. You know what I mean? But like right then I was like, Oh no, I'm not, I'm not fighting you, man. Forget it. <laughs> I just kind of laughed it off. He kind of laughed it off, but the whole situation was mitigated. You know what I mean? There was about, this kid was about to get his shit wrecked by this little psychopath, you know? And just by me stepping in and be like, nah, nah, dude, you want to fight someone, you fight, fight someone to make it a challenge. You know what I mean? Uh, um, that's all it took. It, no skin off my back. You know, another, I, I, I did face the threat of either having to fight that kid or fight the bigger guy, you know, but I was instantly able to mitigate that. Just, I just kind of laughed it off. He kind of laughed it off. It's kind of funny, you know, and all it takes is just stepping in and noticing when it's happening and saying something. And that is enough to make the whole damn world a much cooler place to be a kid and an adult and to be a human or animal or anything like that. So thank you for having the show. Very no, cool. No problem. And, Thank you and, for, for sharing. Yeah. What, yeah. What are, what are your, what are your best ways of identifying bullying and then mitigate? Um, for me, and I, I hope you guys can hear me well, ah, um, but I have to go back and get another one. Darn it. Um, well, for me being teaching and all for identifying it, 
is, which wasn't hard for me, is paying attention to um, behaviors. Like, uh, you know, I noticed that some children, like, oh, for instance, there was this young boy that uh, his name was Alex, and he was very outgoing. And then the next year when he came back to school, Alex had glasses. But Alex also wasn't the same Alex. He was very quiet and timid and just wasn't the same. And I noticed that I found that to be odd. His friends, he didn't really talk to the same people. He wasn't doing the same things. And what I noticed, the terrible part about it was the bullying or the picking on him didn't start at school. It started at home, his own family. You know, sometimes when you think it's cute just to make fun of somebody like, oh, you're a four-eyed little, you know, that really gave him a complex. So when he came to school, he came to school in that nature already. And uh, and I picked up on that, right? Because, you know, this kid right here used to tell me my kid was weird. Like my son went to the school too. And he'd be like, your son is so weird. So he was one of the kids that kind of picked on my kid, right? So it was crazy. So I would just, um, sorry, I would, I would look out for behaviors. I would just watch. I would listen. I would be that teacher that would just linger around and act like I'm not paying attention. <laughs> but I am because I already know how kids are. But I, I definitely would start with behavior. And then to mitigate, you know, because it was different things, um, Brody. Like, for instance, there was this girl that was very angry. She's so angry, right? And nobody liked her, but she would bully people. And I found out her anger stemmed from uh, her mother being murdered, right? So there's never just, like, one one case or one cause it's all just like it's on a case by case you know situation and so each one i found that i would have to go in and speak with the um the student but not directly i wouldn't bring up their issues i would find things that they like to do find ways for them to get involved in, in things since i was just only a teacher right because the school wasn't doing much for anything um but i, I think effective mitigating would be to get the families involved uh, to put a program in place with students, like an effective, like I think that should be on the common core a little more. I think it should be on the common core as far as every school should have to have a, a bullying, a bullying program. Like you should have to have it since you, since you know it's such a worldwide thing and it's an effect because you have cyberbullying also, right? Now that's the killer right there. When I say killer, I literally mean killer. So many kids have taken their life because of social media. And if you look into it, Facebook, Instagram, uh, I think those were the top two, were two, two of the um, internet you know, uh, sites that catered to a lot of children, um, the way they felt about themselves and how they dealt with things. Uh, they were trying to hide that too, right? So personally, Brody, to answer that question, I think it takes bringing in family, school, neighborhoods, not, not neighborhoods, communities, and being effective as far as like how we teach math, science, and all that stuff, you have bullying, the effects of bullying, however you want to call it or name it, you put that in place and then we just start to deal. We allow these yeah, kids allow to, these talk to talk about it. Create a safe space. Yeah, that's nice. But I mean, that works really good for kids. Um, anything for kids is good. Any, any adult intervention in kid bullying is good, but what do we do about adult bullying? How do we How identify, mitigate bullying within uh, grownups? This is actually, uh, I think some of the ways that I notice it is control of speech, um, 
you know, someone will say, oh, you know, you interrupted me. I was talking, you know, and they'll, they'll spend the whole time talking. They won't they won't leave any room for someone else to speak. And the second they try to interject and say something, someone will be like, oh, you interrupted me. I was talking and they'll go on for another. They'll try to, you know, override someone's speech is another is probably the main way I, I notice adult bullying happening. And um, I think the best way to mitigate that situation for me personally is to just not let it emotionally affect you and um, to practice non-reciprocating behavior. Like this is the most difficult thing, but like you try to be nice to someone who's bullying you, like, and you just kind of like repeat back what they said to them, you know? Um, Of course, what I usually end up doing is I just end up stooping to their level and bullying them back. (laughs) But like the most effective way to actually mitigate it is to uh, practice what they call non-reciprocating behavior, where you don't stoop to their level. You just, you maintain your personal level of peace and you respond to them in like a normal human way. (laughs) It really bothers the bully and it highlights their behavior. And uh, I think uh, the exposure is probably the best mitigator of adult bullying, simply having the, the behavior identified kind of recognized and uh brought to the surface it usually kind of solves the problem and another really great way to mitigate adult bullying if it gets really serious is to pull a camera out pull your cell phone camera out start recording the situation that is the fastest way to change an asshole's personality in my uh, experience someone will go from angry and mad and crazy to just the calmest most rational person you've ever seen in your life um, as soon as a camera is present. So shouts out to cameras and witnesses everywhere. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I agree. yeah it's, it's funny you bring that up because um, today I have a few episodes um, on my Voices of Courage with uh, three women that, um, well, actually over the next three days, that they're going to be talking about um, adult bullying, how they've been, one was uh, bullied like as a mental health patient, um, one, she said she dealt with it, um, I think, at uh, in her marriage. And then I can't remember the other one, but I thought they were all three different, um, like, different, you know, uh, backgrounds and, and different, you know, like, ways, like family. Mental, I think the mental health one is very, very interesting because I would love to hear that. But, you know, and then there's one that said she, how we carry. She was very bullied at a very young age. And she's going to talk about how it affected her now still as an adult and her self-esteem and how she feels towards herself, right? So you are right, like as a, a dealing you, you know, and that's why, you know, I called, you know, my PC on the picture says it's the effects of bullying because it's not just something that happens and just goes away. It's not like a phase, hey, I just right? got to interject, Brandy, I just got to interject to let you know that your connection's pretty bad. It sounds like it might be a... Uh, a bad cable connecting your headset or a good headset connection. Yeah. It, it, it could be an internet thing. Yeah. So Vicky was telling me that it was dropping and I, I'm almost back home. I'm like walking from 7-Eleven. <laughs> so that could also be it too. So thank you. Thank you for telling me. I know you'll tell me, Brody. <laughs> okay. Still sounds that way. Brody, do you think I should just... Uh... Still coming through. 
You might want to try. I don't want to keep going and then wait for the show. Yeah, you might want to wrap it up here or try it again with better connection because it's pretty, pretty uh, interfering. Yeah. There's a lot of interference. Okay. Yeah. I'll probably, okay. It'll, yeah. I'll just wrap it up and then I'll just start it better. I'll wait till I'm back inside the, the house. Um, all right. Okay. Still a cool Thank show. You, I appreciate that. It's still a great show. I appreciate that. I appreciate you for helping me out too. Cause I didn't want to keep going and. And then it wasn't sounding good. So I'll definitely uh, wrap it up here. And if you guys are still interested, and I might just do it on my um, my laptop, way better. I never have issues with my laptop. Um, if you guys are interested, come back in. That would be great. And share, you can share your, share your thoughts, opinions, and maybe your stories. Yeah, you're coming in pretty clear now. It's it's minor now. Whatever the connection issue was has kind of gone away, just so you know. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a temporary interference, but it was pretty bad where we didn't hear what you were saying. But I think you're good now if you want to keep going. Okay. All right. Let's see what happens. Okay. And if it happens one more time, then that's going to be the final one. But I'll keep going. So, um, so yes, so yes. So with the adult bullying, right? Uh, I think that's uh, – now, this is my, my thing on – she's going to keep driving, huh? Because I'm not standing here. Crossing the street. I know you can see me. Daylight, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So this is the thing with adult bullying, right? I, I believe that bullying comes in different forms when you really look at it. Look at the way our country is ran. Look at the way uh, even domestic violence, you know, with a, uh, a spousal, you know, um, with, between us, uh, husband and wife. That's a form of bullying. So we have become very tight and conditioned to bullying, right? And it's not just the children. But what is bullying, right? Is that why no one really sees it? Or deals with it. I'm just trying to put pieces together of why this isn't something that is at the top of our list. If you have children and adults taking their own life, so when it comes to adult bullying, I think that well, what I'm doing today is I go and I reach out in different um, platforms. I don't care what they do and ask. That's, that's what I've learned that no matter what I ask a human being, the biggest question I've ever asked somebody in my entire life that always gets the response and says yes is bullying. No one has ever said no. I have not dealt with bullying. That's wild to me. There's always been a yes on either side of it. Right? So I'm thinking maybe maybe because we're just used to it. Some people told me it was normal. So a little healthy bullying doesn't hurt a child from time to time. So that's pretty problematic for me. But I do know since the pandemic that there's been a spike in suicide, high rates of it. And I just but then talk about the three Bs and like how to identify it, right? You have your bystanders. What's a bystander? Someone that is bystander. So, well, usually, the, okay, the bystander, for instance, I had these kids I was interviewing and then I asked them about their school life. And they said there was high rates of bullying, but they didn't get involved because they didn't want to be next. They didn't want to be picked on, so they don't say anything. They don't do anything. That's your bystander, right? That's like somebody standing by and watching someone get beat on, like you're in public and you just you don't do anything. You're just like, oh, my God, just stand there, right? And then you have the bully with its crew, with your little, you know, your little posse, the ones that most likely are scared of you or 
but they can be bystanders too because they don't want you to pick on them so they're going to just you know what i mean be a part of it and then you have the bully and you have the one that's being bullied so what, what could somebody really do for a child that's being bullied anybody have a a, a say to that but I can tell you something. Spend some time with them, give me some attention, some love, simple as that. Just anything, any little amount of attention and acknowledgement of what, especially acknowledging what happened to the kid. Be like, hey, man, I saw what I saw what that kid did. I saw what happened. That's not cool. I want you to know that that's not normal. You were being cool. That guy was being a jerk and uh, you shouldn't tolerate that behavior. If someone does that again, this is what you do. And that means so much to a kid. You don't know. You don't know what that would. That is how you create superheroes right there is just letting the kid know that you acknowledge what happened and reinforce that they didn't do anything wrong. Um, that uh, they have every right. Uh, teach them how to ex- establish those boundaries and, and how to mitigate that situation in the future, man. That would it means so Yeah, the same bullies that used to mess with me, man, after I have a good pep talk with an adult about it, the same same kids who try to bully me, it'd be a totally different experience for them. <laughs> it, they find it didn't work. <laughs> and uh, so shouts out to the, the wise adults I had in my life. They're, unfortunately, we're not part of my own family, but um, outside my family, I had adults that really helped with mitigating bullies. My, my mom, shouts out to my mom. My mom was a big help with that, but my dad was no help. <laughs> my dad, my dad was, dad was, I had to deal with, he was the, the main one I had to deal with. So he wasn't supportive of like, was he more like the one that was like, probably like deal with it. <laughs> yeah. He was the main bully. Like he, he'd be like, oh, you got to learn how to fight. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. Uh, he was no help. He, yeah, I don't know. This. He just completely just toughen up, you know, <laughs> like was basically it. You Next time you punch him in the nose, <laughs> like, okay, dad, I'm going to hit this giant guy in the nose. Yeah. Uh, instigate a fight with this giant dude. You know, uh, what I needed was an adult to step in, you know, but uh, never happened. It very rarely happened when it, it very easily could have, you know, I reported it to the adults, you know. And uh, nothing was done. Yeah, I know how that feels. That's the same thing um, that happened that happened um, with me when I was teaching. Uh, you know, I would go to the principal and I was like, look, you know, my son is going through this. And she and then the principal and his, some of his teachers told him, I was like, hey, OK, well, how about you stay away from them? I'm like, how is that even a solution? Like he goes here too. like, why do you think he goes and looks for these people? And then they're like, okay, well, just come and tell us, right? And then when he would try to, nothing, right? It was, he was the problem, right? And then eventually, he, my son got fed up. So, and my son was very short. That's what it was about, too. They, these kids were always way bigger. He was very short. And so a little short guy gets ticked off, and then he strikes back. And that's when it was a problem. They'd come, they'd oh, you know, Brandon, he did X, Y, and Z. And I'm just looking at them like he did, huh? Hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> You know, I'm not even tripping because I know, I know why he's, you know what I mean? Because I'm not, I don't tell my kid go and uh, be violent or I always tell him like, you have the right to defend yourself, right? But I don't promote it because I've, I've seen things go horrible where you're fighting somebody and you fall and you hit your head. So I'm really not 
to parent or anybody to engage in being like, go and beat blah, 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 because I really would rather no physical altercation happen whatsoever because you could be having a nice little rumble and a nice little rumble. That's what happened to a friend of mine. He's fighting a, a cut and then he fell and he hit his head and that's how he died, just from slipping and falling. And so that's why I would just let my son know, like, you don't have to take this. And so eventually, I let, and I would rather it be when he was ready, you know, rather than force, like, you better go whoop his ass, you know? Like, no, you, you'll know when you've had enough. And he had enough. And that's when it became a problem, you know? Um, I had this one, one. guest on air and it sucks where like you said your dad was the bully it sucks when your own family is the bully and his grandmother was his bully from his his entire life it was the oddest um show i I, i'll try to get it and paint it up here the oddest situation ever how he had to maneuver through that but his grandmother was the bully it was it was so if you listen to the story it's just so crazy what he had to go through and, and how he dealt with it and how he had the ways he would have to escape from it because he couldn't escape from it so I'll definitely go and get that one and pin it up for you guys. But when it's your own family, and then when you go to adults to get help and they don't help you, it's like now you've left that child to handle, take it into their own hands, what happens next, you know? And that's the part that, that really just pisses me off, that a lot of schools will, don't really take it seriously. So that's, um, that I, I learned that that wasn't just a one-time thing. I had a man on that. This is what, let me tell you guys what they told my child, okay? They told him that this is at the second school when he was getting jumped and, and all kinds of shit, you know, with, with no uh, solution. I even sat down with the principal. And all he wanted to know was when he was returning because, you know, they need that money for them seats. They don't get money if they're suspended or any, or they're not there. And I was like, I don't know. What are you going to do about the violence? He's like, what do, you, what do you want me to do? I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know, uh, teach kids how to treat each other. Sometimes you have to do that. That's really what you do have to do. You have to show them, like, put things in place. I guess he couldn't handle it. So I was like, if you can't handle mine, it's a safety issue. I don't want my kid here. But uh, but that, at that school, when my son fell back, there was a, a teacher that went up to my son and told him that he did not have the right to defend himself. To So obviously he saw he was defending himself, and he said he wasn't. that wasn't cool. And that wasn't the first time I heard someone tell um, a student that. So what do, what do you think a teacher would say something like that for? Anybody got any answers for me? Because there were so many different situations where a guy told a parent that his kid wasn't allowed to hit back until he hit the ground. And another principal told a parent, they, don't, they recommend not getting your child um, fighting lessons or, you know, karate or anything. We, we, we don't really want our kids fighting fighting back so what's it's never the problem with the bully have you noticed that like they, they don't they don't you'll talk about a bully and they'll find every excuse why your child is the issue and then when your child says screw that and starts to put hands you know they go get ready to eat with these hands that's when it's a problem so we don't want people to fight back we just want people to get beat down that is the message that i have received completely loud and clear i've been told more than once and i don't get it and I, I did the the census for for different backgrounds, different different cultures, white, black, African. Their suicide rate was like high in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty from bullying. So if you're getting this from across the the world, across the globe, then it tells me something ain't right. Something's not right in the water. Now the worst one yet, you guys. I was on a show called Net 
It's like this little radio show called Needle or whatever. So a lady gets on to talk to me. She's from like, I don't know, for like a country, like I want to say in Africa, maybe it wasn't Africa somewhere, but this was their level of bullying. Kids taking burnt tires, taking tires, throwing them around another kid while it's on fire. Then she broke down to me the the nature of, of how they discriminate against people because of it, but she said it was because of their environment and their parents and the, and the way that they're raised, that that's why they think this way. But that's that's bullying to them is to set a kid on fire. And I was just thrown blown away, right? Blown away. I don't know. But it's, uh, it's scary to me because I see kids, they think they're invincible already and kids will do the craziest things for the craziest reasons just to be a part of a, a group. We've seen it on all these different shows where a child does this because their friends dared them to. Go attack this person. Go go shoot this person. That shit is scary. That shit is very scary. And it all falls underneath this, this whole bullying thing because kids want to be accepted or, or liked. And I, I can't get my head, I couldn't get my head around it at first. And I said, oh, this is bigger because I met different parents. And then I would meet them and then I would look at their kid and be like, I get it now. You never had a chance. This is your parents doing. I saw parents. I would talk to them, maybe be around them on a field trip, and then I would completely be able to understand and assess why the child is the way the child is. And if we're not going to bring the parents in, we're pretty much screwed. Principals didn't want to bring the parents because they didn't want to have to discipline because it might result in action. And that would be to suspend because it should be zero tolerance, right? But when you go to school, kids don't have the same protections. Say, for instance, the same thing that kids do in school. If we did on the, if I did on the outside, or if it happened on the outside world, I would go to jail for it, or somebody would be going to jail. So why does a kid go to school and they can have hands put on them? That's not that is not bullying anymore. That is assault. I want to get people to understand, and that's how it's becoming normalized. Your kid goes to school and they get pummeled. They have been assaulted. <laughs> That's beyond bullying. That's a crime. And why should they have to suffer it repetitively? It should take one one time to even have heard of it, and it should never happen again. And so that's why I have started this um, movement. I don't know if anyone else has a story to share, similar, or um, something that they, as a bully, or they've been bullied, you know, as a maybe something they could share how they dealt with it, or how it still affects affects them now. And do you know anyone that has tried or has committed suicide due to this? Because, um, you know, there's this little... <clears throat> I know Brody had asked me a question earlier about being effective and how do you um, spot it and then what do you do to, you know, to basically deal with it. Uh, I, re- I recall these two girls coming to our school one time and they were um, Muslim, I think, because they had the wrap. They're small. I think, yeah, Muslim. They had the, you know, wore the wraps and all that stuff. I don't, I'm a little ignorant when it comes to the correct terms, but I knew we didn't have any children like this in the school. And I knew my students, right? <laughs> I knew them. And I knew their kids. So some kids react a certain way. And so some of them didn't understand what was going on, why they were wearing these. And one little boy was like, why the hell are you wearing that? It's hot out here. 
and I looked at him, I was like, hey, hey, <laughs> what are you talking about? But when I had hijab or, okay, thank you, thank you so much for hijab. Okay, I have heard hijab before, okay. Yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't know, know what term, what I used. I didn't even try to tell him what they were called, but I did pull them to the side and tell them that, that it was part of their, their, their religion and they have a background. And what it was about him is he he did, you can see on his face that he did feel bad. Like he's like, oh, I didn't know. And so another, so one of the best effective things to do is to talk to children, right? Like it's not always about chastising them and be like, oh, you're in trouble, blah, blah, blah. Because sometimes, I mean, they're kids. So they're, they're, if they're laughing at somebody because they because the way they look or because they're gay or this, this, not, trust and believe they didn't just pop out doing that because you had to learn that stuff from somewhere, Right. And so a lot of times you have to converse, you have to have these conversations with them about different people. That should be automatic. When, you know, like in uh, kindergarten when they have those videos where it show different people like doing different stuff like that. You have to show like you have different types of people from different parts of the world that do different things and you talk about it. It just has to happen because if not, then these are the things that's going to make it so much easier, especially with mental health. You know, you have to talk about kids that have different or or learning disabilities that are autistic, that, you know what I mean, ADHD, all these things. You have to have these discussions because I've seen it work. I've seen children be able to handle and, and treat children with these things um, as fit in, in, in a respectable manner. Sometimes they get very... Um, overprotective sometimes they want to you know because they start to build a relationship with them i've seen that so if you don't have these topics you don't bring them up and talk to kids and that's you're most likely to have these issues happen you know so um that's why when it comes to it comes to uh you know this whole transgender movement thing and them wanting to bring it into the schools i only thing i have a problem with is the thing I have a problem with, what I think a lot of people know, is just the overall way they want to go about it versus just teaching about people. Just as you can teach about someone in their background, you can teach there's some people that are transgender, there's some people that are gay, there are some people that are heterosexual, there are some people, you know what I mean, we have different, there's people that have handicaps. Like those, that's the way we should be talking to children about how very, the different types of people, not getting way, way into, you know what I mean, the what they're trying to get into. That's what I have a problem, right? But I do understand that those things need to be talked about. But especially as a family, like family, you have to include families. You, you have, you're never going to win if you don't. And I know all families aren't easy to talk to. Trust me, I know. I've seen them. We used to have this lady, all she wanted to do was sue. Sue people, her, her son. Oh, let's see. Oh, we got, Hakeem, where have you been? <laughs> I was just thinking about you. Every time I get on here, I'd be like, where the hell is Hakeem? Hello there, sir. How are you? Greetings. Greetings, greetings. What do you have to share with us today, Well, I, I, um, I was kind of listening in by proxy when uh, Brady was on earlier. Um, and I just wanted to touch on, you know, the question that you asked about, um, has anybody had any, um, experience, you know, uh, with bullying, you know, being bullied or whatnot. And, uh, I, I, uh, I used to get bullied, bullied all the time. And 
And one of the things that uh, happened to me was, um, for some reason, at the time when I was growing up in the 80s, mainly when, when it was happening, is I could fight back. And so I would. I was always very thin and have thick glasses, and so people would use the whole stupid nerd, nerd, you know, that kind of thing that was going on. And um, my response was always to shut it down immediately. So I would just get... I would get hyper-violent, um, and that was my experience, and I realized that by doing that, I I stopped a lot of bullying, so I, I don't have the same experience, like, I, I, I never got to the point where I was suicidal or was depressed about it, because my mom used to have this saying, I'm sure you guys have heard it before, she would say, if somebody hits you, hit them back twice as hard, so... I, not only I hit him back twice as hard, but I would hit him twice as much. And even when they were down, I would kick people while they were down because <clears throat> then most people were bigger than me and had no business messing with me in the first place. So that's how I would deal with it. Um, and I, I, it's unfortunate that nowadays, like what you said earlier too, that you know if this kind of behavior went on the street, if somebody put their hands on you, in school, you know, why is it okay for that? But if you were to go up to somebody on the street and bully them and push them around, that's assault. You know, you go to jail for that. But they're not they're not at least putting these kids, like suspending them or expelling them. And, you know, and there, there's all these excuses and things like how you had to hear, you know, he has no right to defend himself. It's like, that's, that's crazy. That's a whole new world for me. I didn't even know that. That's pretty nuts. Yeah, I couldn't so, believe I heard I had to I mean, put my ears out. Yeah. Right. So that's a, I don't know, I mean, and I teach self-defense. And so to me, for me to hear stuff like that, and I, and I know some of the laws and things like that, because I have to look them up in, you know, my lo local area, wherever I go, I look it up. And it's just really unfortunate. Um, but that people think that they can get away with these types of things. So um, you've got bullies everywhere. I mean, you've got one right here. Um You've got, you know, people all over the place. you got them in all the spaces that we're in, you know, so it's, uh, but that's just my input. I mean, I just, I don't know anything. I don't know if I have any insight. It's just that my only thing is that I, I wish that it could be that, um, that people could defend themselves more. Uh, and it could be seen that it's defense. It's just very unfair that people get pushed around and bullied around and don't get to um, push back, you know. Okay, I think, I don't know. Uh, did you mean to drop yourself down there, Hockey? Okay, there he goes. But Lance, what you got? <laughs> Some weird stuff going on right now. Okay, let's see. Okay, let me grab you back. Okay. Let's see, let's get Lance back. I mean, Hakeem and Lance. Goodness gracious. Okay, here we go. Well, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I, I hit the button by accident, and Lance graciously dropped down to let me get back in the queue. But um, so I just. Uh, that's it. I mean, my only thoughts is that 
maybe there should be some talks about, you know, uh, responsibility and and um, and culpability. It should be. I think these things should be investigated more to find out what really is happening. I don't think that enough of that is getting done because kids are getting bullied. They're getting depressed. They're killing themselves, and it's not new. I'm saying they're killing themselves because it's a it's a it's a huge problem. So, anyway, that's it. Uh, let's hear what Mr. Lance has to say. Thank you. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you, Austin. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. All right. Hey, Lance. Hey, all. Hey, Brandy. How you doing? Well, and yourself? Good. Long time no talk to. All right. <laughs> um, my, my sound is yeah. really bad, so I, I just don't even get on a lot. Oh, yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Even your uh, opposite voice from Lance's, you know, nice and quiet and restrained, but I can still hear you. Um, okay, so I've told this story a few times in my life, but uh, and then I want to ask a question about how bullying is dealt with today. But way back in the day, in the Stone Ages, you know, my dad, he taught me very vividly you know, how to deal with bullies. You want to hear my little bully story, how I learned? Sure, go ahead. Next up that. So, yeah, so there was a kid, all right? I'll give you a little background. Vinny Maroney. And now it would be like if I was writing a novel where, like, uh, Sherlock Holmes had his nemesis, Dr. Moriarty, who was paranoid about this guy, but, you know, he did bad stuff to All right, so when I was five years old, my mom dressed me up as a girl to go to kindergarten. Thank God I wasn't born now. They'd have made me trans. But, and you know, no, not my parents. But anyway, and, I mean, she did it up good. She was good with design and shit like that, you know, crafts. And she said to the teacher, kindergarten, tell, tell everybody it's a new student named Donna, and she just happened to be showing up today. So she did. I was in total disguise. Well, I lived a block away from this Vinnie Marriott, you know, and I was going to carry it through, right? Even at five years old, I was a good little, you know, entertainer there, you know, whatever, like all kids are imaginative. And, uh, oh, that's Donnie Armstrong because he saw me walking to school out of my house because we lived a block away. That's Donnie Armstrong, blah, 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 and blew my cover, asshole, right? Then he used to call me skinny bones. I mean, to this day, I'm a rail. I mean, I was in perfect health when I finally got a physical recently. Yeah, you're a little underweight. Okay. So call me Skinny Bones. He was my name. He was a beefy kid. And we never fought. We were kids. Okay. Then one day came to whatever happened, and he was going to beat me up, and he was twice my size. And we're a few blocks from home, probably at the park, you know, at the little place we played baseball. And I it, I want to say it had to have been a Saturday because Dad was there. So summer school, he wouldn't have been there during the day. Right? Summer day. And I thought, well, I'm going to get some protection here. And I, I was a fast runner, one of the fastest in my school. And I ran in my backyard and my whole family, because I was yelling and, you know, from halfway down the block, Dad, happy, happy. They heard me. It was summer. Everything was open. I get into the backyard. I'm like, shoo, because they were all out there kind of watching what was going on. My sisters were there, my mom, my dad. And I thought, good, now I'll get protected. No help. It's like, where's the life preserver? Dad, get this guy on me. Come on, son. And, you know, I was on the bottom. And what's funny is later on in years, all my friends were wrestlers. I would basketball or track. Track I actually played in school, you know. But they were terrible at basketball. But I wasn't very good at wrestling. But they could never pin me when we do goofy wrestling. I was thin, but I was wiry, you know. So once I realized Dad wasn't good, I did what I had to do. I didn't know. I've never been in this position, but I'm like, well, I can wangle out of this tall and thin that I was. And I got up and I gave him a couple of 
you know? Now at seven o'clock, at seven o'clock, at seven years old, about we were, not much damage you can do to each other, even the big, bigger, beefy kid. Guess what? Never bothered me again because he had burned, you know, little, what do they call little brush burns? And he got all dirty and he got all sweaty and he didn't expect me to fight back. So I don't know, there's my little bully story. And, you know, you'll learn how to walk away from fights without ever having to run away. And I've never hardly been in a fight, you know, since then. Now, my question is, how do, is it with bullying today is my question. Is it like everything else where we, it's not about like peanut dust. If you get little tiny elements of it, when you're little, 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 you will develop kind of like an immunity. Allergies are like that. But now we have, we have to ban peanuts instead of allowing us to be uh, resistant to it. 99.9 antibiotic cleaning everything so clean that you don't get little germs. I worked in restaurants. I used to get infections. I'm, I'm not saying I would redo it the same way. But I have an incredibly strong immune system. I never got COVID, not once, unless I got a non-symptomatic. I got double dose and a jab. So is bullying now like we have to prevent it from ever happening, or do we teach kids how to deal with it? From what I learned was you have to teach them how to deal with it, right? Because for me, like when people say, how do we get rid of bullying, get, get rid of something? That's just like how we say you got to get rid of racism. Like you can't get rid of hate out of somebody's heart. Right, but you can deal with it, and you can find ways to try to prevent, or you know what I mean, or or lessen, you know, educate more, right? Because I see it uprising again in schools right now, as far as them trying to take out certain studies, and then you're still finding these a lot of these um, suicide victims. They also were dealing with um, being called like Aunt Jemima, and like they didn't talk about it a lot, but they were being called it racial names and being attacked right for what they look like and so to me what I learned was that you have to um you have to teach kids how to deal with it for instance when it comes to families like when we raise our kids we have to raise uh, our kids to um be strong like say for instance if you never tell your child what a great child they are or a parent never you know what I mean? Makes their child feel good about themselves. So, you know, like for me, it wasn't effective as when I was tried because I wasn't believing that crap. I was like, I am cute. I was like, I dress well. You know, I felt good about myself, right? Because my parents made me feel good about myself. You right. Know? Hard for them to do. That's the background I came from where I had that type of, um, I was one of those kids that my mom, you know, dad, like, let me express myself. They just, you know, I just didn't have that. And I'm assuming that's from how they made me feel about myself, right? My dad was yes. like, oh, so smart. I come home with bad grades, but he's, he wouldn't tell me I was dumb or, or he wouldn't chastise me. He'd be like, you know, you're a smart kid, right? And he would just say these, these very, you know, these great, give me these great affirmations, right? And so we have to do that with our kids too, right? Because then you make it less likely for them to believe what the bully is saying, right? Yeah. That's why the I'll bully, find them, they find the weak person and they be like, let me, they don't, they, bullies don't mess with anybody. They go for the person they know because if they're weak themselves. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Brandy. It's, it's, uh, you said about your parents and it's like, I know it's obviously you can't, right? But pick good parents. My parents, you know, gave me the values and the psychological strength to just stand up for myself psychologically. There's so much in your mind. If you feel strong in your mind, you're not going to care about the physical. You know, you're going to have that inner strength that, that kind of, you know, supersedes really physical strength if you have a, the right attitude. It doesn't have to be a belligerent attitude sometimes, but just a strong sense of oneself, and people will respect that. And it, it's interesting how, it, you know, people – okay, I, can I throw in one other little anecdote too? Now, I know where this comes from, and I'm not unique like I'm some wonderful saint. 
But when I was, uh, you know, say junior high, high school, and I had moved there about a year in, I got invited to the farm. And it was like I was with one of the cool cliques, and I got to sit at the cool kids' table, you know, and it was, uh, okay, right? So I was, I was one of the gang. And there was this place. It, now, let me, okay, so there was a place called Don Guanella, and it was a really good thing they were doing where some of these kids were emotionally disturbed. They weren't intellectually incapable of doing math and stuff. They were they could be fine student, but they were usually screwed up by a weird mother figure a lot of time with these guys and, you know, boys and girls. And they were mainstreaming them if they could do the work, if they showed that. And they were a little off. They were a little strange. You know, we used to say retarded, and that's not a good word, you know, it's, and I'm glad we don't use that. We called them tards. Terrible, terrible, right? But. There was a place called The Farm where we used to shoot BB guns and all that. One of these kids came down and our friend Marty let him shoot it. So I'm not the only one that said, hey, there's a regular people. These people are not, uh, you know, out, we don't have to outcast them. In my case, so Marty let the kids shoot a BB gun. In my case, I think it's because I had a, you know, a, 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 a mo- just a, a, a cerebral palsy my cousin had. We called him retarded, you know, intellectually, you know, disabled. But I got a connection to him and I could see that he had thoughts that he couldn't express in a lot of cases. And it just gave me a real affinity for people that were, you know, were, that had those problems. And so when I was, as I said, when I was hanging out with my buddies, these guys, these kids that were being mainstreamed, I'd, I'd talk to them and I would hang out and walk down the hall. This one kid wore very flamboyant clothes. He probably became a rock star. That's what they said about Elvis. All these people that become famous, by the way, they're all weird kids. They're not always, they're not all like just normal everyday kids mostly. They're weird and flamboyant and kind of crazy like Elvis and all these people. So I'm not saying this guy wound up being a rock star, but my point is that he would wear like these fancy ruffled shirts and like almost like a tuxedo. He's real weird weird kid and very soft-spoken and passive. John Bird, I remember his name. And I used to give him the time of day, you know, and talk to him. My friends would be like, hey, man, he's one of those tired. Why are you giving him the time of day? Now, Marty was good with him, too, so it wasn't like I was the only one. But I would take their rap and say, hey, man, you know, they're just regular people. And then to cut to the chase, this one, this one guy, Abraham, I forget his first name, he was a town, he was a school clown but not like trying to make people laugh. He was just funny to laugh at. He knew better. He wasn't, you know, like these folks. And he used to just do these goofy things and just weird vandalism and didn't make any sense. And he would bully kids that were smaller than him. He was kind of a big kid. And we all knew he was just a goof. Well, one day John Bird didn't like being bullied. He brought a knife to school and stabbed him in the hand. Nothing bad. He had to go get stitches though. So just teaches you don't bully somebody too long because they might fight back eventually. But, um, you know, I, so my point would be, like everything else, bully's going to bully. But, you know, if you support the people that, and it's not easy these days with social media, I guess it's even harder. But, you know, some of the bystanders need to say, hey, this is wrong. I know you're my friend, but we're going to stop. We're going to let, let's bully the bullier, you know, and sometimes you got to have the, the bystanders have to fight back once in a while. The person themselves does, too, but otherwise it becomes a herd mentality and the bullying becomes. Yeah, totally. That's something we also dealt with, um, <clears throat> especially like with on the playground, right? Uh, we would actually want the kids to be able to deal with their situations on their own, but you still have to, yeah, have to pay attention. Like when people tell kids about being bystanders and like don't don't uh, to intervene when you see these things happening, I always take that with a grain of salt, right? Because it might go, not go too well because you might send a whole kid over there. And the next thing you know, that bystander is beating on the, <laughs> the bully. And so like you just, so when people like use these words um, loosely, loosely and, they, and they, we have to send kids with instructions, like you can't say, okay, don't, don't just be a bystander. You need to step in. Well, how should they step in? There's an effective way because what if it goes wrong or what to do or not to do, right? 
So I always found that to be an issue too, right? But we would still want the kids to be able to handle their own situations with like their, you know, um, their their social structure on the play. Yeah. I feel like when it comes to bullying, I feel like we should be raising up leaders and that not for us to always come in and intervene, but show these kids how to take care of how they, they should be the ones, they should be the face, they should be the voice actually when it comes to these things of, of bullying and stuff, because, you know, they're, that's their peers. They'll listen to one another, but they, that's teaching them how to be come up in the world and take care of worldly, you know what I mean? As an adult, how we take care of issues. Right. So right. I, you know, it's, to me, it's just not, it's not something that's, there's so many questions and so many levels, you know, to, to bullying and, yeah. uh, you know, and how like Lance, for for instance, when you were saying, um, when we are talking about, uh, the whole, the whole bystander thing, right? It's like uh, being a bystander. There's there's a certain reason why a kid is a bystander. Sometimes they're just scared. They don't they they don't want to be next, right? And it's a whole full effect. And then like you were using those words like retard and these these this this and that. Like we we take these words and then we we don't understand how we create. Um, people. Like for instance, like with with Kanye, for instance, where people were throwing that word crazy around. I was getting really mad, pissed off because who, first of all, there's people that are suffering from mental health issues, right? And now what you do with that is you make them kind of shut away or, you know what I mean? Or you shut them down or you make them seem not sensible, not reasonable. Like these things like that can actually create um, this type of environment, right? Because of ignorance. And so there's so much that comes with it. You would just have to be a person that is just all around. uh, Why can't that be? All around, just very aware of how you, how you, what you say, how you treat people, but it's really accountability. It shows one's own ignorance. Like someone would have to actually step back and be like, you know what? Do I choose? Do I use these words? How do I treat people? Especially if you're a parent, and then check in with yourself. So if you have a child that's a bully, like some parents were so in denial that that you could tell they knew their child was a bully. They just didn't want it was about yeah. embarrassment for them, right? You have yeah. to ask yourself if your child is a bully. Could this be because of me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I know that someday all of boomers will, be, will vanish from planet Earth and the world will adjust itself to be wonderful again because we screwed it all up. I'm saying that tongue in cheek, half kidding, right? But if I could relate something as a, as a geezer here, okay, but I, if you look at TV shows from the 60s, right, or my life, here's what I was going to say. It's kind of funny, right? The reason that we and my generation specifically – as a boomer, and I was peak boomer. More people were born as a percent of the population in 1957 than any other year in American history. And that means the 10 years before and the 10 years after, right? Boomers. There was too many of us. There just wasn't enough. Well, first of all, there wasn't enough schools. We had schools in, in hallways. They had trailers brought in. I lived in a warm climate, Philly, all through the school year, except like January. It's a very warm climate for how far north it is. So, But we had classes outside. There just wasn't. And they knew that. It was starting to wane, though, like I was 1957, okay, 62, 60, you know, five years later, it was declining. So they couldn't just build, keep building more schools. They just didn't know what to do. Like the, the calf in the middle of this snake that was just like bulging. And so the point is, at parks or anywhere, it's like, you know, it, there was just too many of us. It's just like it, the, the supervision was just different. We had to deal with our own conflict resolution, which meant if there was 20 kids that wanted to play baseball, 
How did you do it? You got to play the field first. How do you do umpiring? You got, you had to be your own catcher. You had to trust that. Yeah, I'm going to still try to get my own teammate out because there aren't enough players. You know, all these things that we did. And I'm going to tell you just two silly, goofy ass. Yeah. Silly ass 60s sitcom examples. One from the very early 60s, one from the very late 60s. They both took place in New York City. Okay. And they had six, seven year old kids, literally that young, first, second grade and an older brother. And they're scene after scene, and they were both very, very rich. Danny Thomas was a famous nightclub where he played himself like Seinfeld, only a rich guy. You know, they were wealthy. You know, they were just in this two-story New York City apartment, the whole bit, with a big grand piano, the whole bit. Rich. Not, you know, temp, you know, okay. The other one was family affair, and the guy's an uncle, and he's got these two, see, and he, they have a, they have a manservant, okay, yes, uh, yeah. so they have a, a freaking, you know, he's a nanny, and he's the butler, I mean, he's even richer than the other guy, he's going flying all over the world, which is why he had to have the butler guy that took care of the kids, and with the nanny, and he's very proper English butler type, all that, upper, upper, upper middle class, you know, no, 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 1% in this game, okay, these kids were going out and playing in the park all the time. And they were coming home with skinned knees. And they were coming home with black eyes because they got in a fight with another kid. Unsupervised. Very close. Not 10 blocks away. Out in the street playing stickball. This is what, like, this is what, the, but this idea that we're protecting kids from ever having to deal with conflict. It's insane. And we raised, and I'm sorry, we boomers might have screwed thing up. But we've raised a freaking, I'm sorry, a generation of. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, we're supposed to to progress, not regress, <laughs> right? It, it, I guess each time deals with what they have differently. Yeah, um, now, I'm talking about New York City. Now, let me make it clear. Where do people want to go that are criminals to try to make mischief? To the poor neighborhoods where they might get beat because they're all tough or where there's no money? No, they're going to be around the rich neighborhoods. People did kidnap kids and told them for ransom. And it was not rampant. It wasn't, but that's why we had the milk cartons. That's why we had Amber Alerts. They didn't just say, Hey, let's do this because there's no problem. It was a problem. Just like crime rates. Crime rates were like, like literally double or triple what it is now. Kid snatching was double or triple, but even rich motherfuckers, we just accepted that you don't, you're not guaranteed to have never get sick or never have a problem or never have a conflict and live to be a hundred. It's just, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, as I was sitting, <clears throat> sitting here thinking, right, uh, as bystanders, and that <clears throat> it seems to be the the norm of what uh, what bystander is supposed to do is to intervene or to to say something. But the whole uh, the reason why they would tell a by or a bystander wouldn't say anything is because they can become the next target. But then it still goes back to, to me, well, my question is the bully. That's the ultimate the issue, right? Like you can build up a child to not really make it easy for themselves to be bullied, right? How do you, I personally think you have to, we have to build our kids to be many little soldiers, not like all crazy and stuff, but little freaking soldiers, how to defend themselves, how to stand up for themselves. What happens when X, Y, and Z happens, how to not stand by. Cause if you have a, if you're raising, if you're allowing kids to be bystanders, what happens when there's a crime that, that uh, takes place? We still see that as adults when, uh, um, you know, like the lady on the train that got beat up and damn near and sexually harassed and no one on that train, they were taking pictures, but no one did anything. They couldn't even find a witness, right? Uh, I've watched those videos where people will set up uh, um, like a, 
like the, you know those videos uh they're just they're made they're just to see uh it's like a real situation but they're actually they're not and they would uh have a crime happen and to see who would actually respond and like they show kids being snatched yeah. off the street uh-huh and like nine times out of ten none of those people did anything they just looked and were like oh dear maybe you found two people that actually stepped in and and uh you know stopped what was going on i do right i step in and you know i'm Kind of surprised I haven't been messed with. I'll give you one example. This isn't about, well, kind of bullying. I had to go get food stamps twice in my life, and uh, i got to go get them now. I think I qualify. I'm going to grab them. <clears throat> I've got money in the bank, but, you know, I'm not, I got no income at this point. So, hey, I'm not starving, but I'm going to get them if I get them. <laughs> so, anyway, the first time. You know, it was kind of, you know, robotic and you felt like you were being treated like a cattle, you know, and it's like, you know, you go through the motions and people are impersonal and all that. It's in uh, Rust Belt City in you know, New York. Then a few years later, I went to get them again. Of course, this is after 2008. I got a building. I was going to do this project. I had $100,000 that was going to be, uh, they said they, they, they were ready to sign the shed. Then 2008 happened. They said, oh, sorry, we're only doing refis. We're not doing any rehabilitation of stuff. Oh, man, what a crushing blow. So, okay, anyway, I go get food stamps. Now, the $100,000 wasn't for me. It was going to be for the project. I might have gotten some you know, job out of it. But no, that wasn't my money, but still. So I, I did that with no money. I, okay, so I go get food stamps a second time. Sorry to, sorry to transgress. I go there and it's packed to the gills. Now, certainly they probably cut staff in the meantime, right? You know, money. So I'm sure that they were all stressed, but it was like they treated you like a complete secondhand citizen. Instead of just being impersonal and you felt like a cattle, it's like you had to feel like a criminal and they treated you like shit. And it was a long way. It was, I don't care. It's going to take long. I mean, there was women in there with two or three or kids, you know, in tow, one in a stroller, one that could walk. It was just, you know, because what choice did they have, you know? And it was really, really bad. And then they had so many people. This one lady, she says, okay, here, come with me. And she brought me into a big room because it was an overflow. So I didn't go into the cubicle in the other room where it's all, you know, one-on-one for the last details after you, you know, qualify. And I asked you some last question. She said, all right, come on, because there were so many people that this upper, you know, you could tell she was the higher up. Brought me, she said, come in here. And it was a conference room, big room. Door was open. She goes in. I follow her in. And she says, don't you know how to close a door? Now, of course, just as protocol in society, no matter what, who's who, no matter who's got the more power, less power, man or woman, you don't close a door when you're alone with a woman in a room. Obviously, if I had closed the door, she would have said, who told you to close that door? See, she had it covered either way, I'm sure. And it was being treated like everybody was. And I didn't care about me so much right all day. But these people that had to be, you know, processed through blah, blah, blah. at one point. I'm walking back out. I got the eye contact with the old. Now the place had like the sheriffs. There was people all over because just for, just to keep order. It wasn't like there was ever any going to be any riot, but there was cops all over that building, you know? So the actual security guy in the office was just some old guy. In other words, he was they, like I said, they press a button and within 10, 15 seconds, right across down the hall, there's another cop place. So they would have been there within seconds to do what, you know, whatever they had to do. It wasn't for this guy. He was like out of some. All right. So the old guy there who was the security guy, he still got a gun and all that. So, but I, I said, Hell, excuse me. And I just said it. And it was fairly loud. So I had to speak up. You know, I'm, you know me. I, I don't have a problem making myself heard. We're human beings. We're not animals. 
This might be stressful for everyone, but we're not, we don't have to be treated this way, blah, blah, blah. And as I did that, I got the eye contact with the security guard. I made sure my hands were like at my sides. I made sure they weren't anywhere near behind me. You can see, you know what I mean? So I did all those things like that. So he didn't have to, you know, press a button or threaten or anything like that. I said my piece. I made sure I didn't even step toward him or, and I spoke in a, in a, in a, in, you know, and I've done it on the bus when I see the bus driver treating somebody badly. It's like, excuse me, this woman might be 10 cents, you know, whatever. So, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not any big hero. I'm not saying that at all, but in my little, okay. But in, in my little stupid way, you know, you got to stand up when these things happen. Like my dad, I, I called in a cop who wanted to look at my backpack. I wouldn't let it for 45 minutes. And he was going to impound my bike and the whole bit. But I'm not letting this dude, I'm principal, go into my backpack. And at one point, I don't know where I got this from, but I said, yeah, my dad taught me to stand up when I'm, stand up when I'm wrong, but stand up for myself or whatever it is. You're old enough to be my father, which doesn't mean shit. But anyway, like I said, I'm not, I'm not talking heroics here, but you know, you gotta, you gotta speak up. Even when it's like things that I'm sorry, uh, I'm not going to go into it. But when things are happening that are like really horrible things being said and nobody pushes back, I get a little bit. And that's again, it's the bystanders like Hitler's going to hit and Mussolini's going to must. It's the people that allow that shit to go on. That's how they that's how the bullies win. Not because there's not going to ever be bullies, but it's the people that allow it. By Yeah, that's that's my biggest um, struggle as uh being allowed to do these things. And that's where I want you guys before I um, end here is to focus in on is how they're being allowed to. And um, this is something I have to say for myself, right? As um, working in schools and things when people, and then being a parent, having it, you know, happen to, to my child. When people say, well, maybe the teachers in the schools need to be trained. And I would be like, trained? I was like, what do you need to be trained on? Someone, you know, like if it was your kid, you would know exactly what to do or you would do something. Why do you need to be trained? to deal with, you know what I mean, uh, knowing when someone is being harassed or harmed or whatever that may be, right? Um, so what I started to realize for myself was, number one, number one, I knew that these things were being allowed to happen because me as a teacher, I know I would, I would step right in. Even if you see a child making fun of somebody's shoes, that was a teachable moment. It doesn't always have to end in a, a consequence or a punishment. You find teachable moments. And I would tell, sit the kids down and talk to them about why it's not okay, you know what I mean, to make fun of someone because of the way their shoes look, right? And I, and, but I would also make sure they knew, like, you don't even have any shoes. Those are your mother's shoes. You know, I'm sorry. They're not. I'm like, honey, okay? Because these parents, you, you do these things and you let your child go off to school thinking that they're just the shit. You know what I mean? You buy them all these things without earning it. That's why I don't let my son just get things without earning these, earning them, you know, because that's how you create someone that build up somebody that knows what, what it's like to be, to have to work hard for things and things don't just come so easily. Right. And to teach them too, it's not always about those name brand shoes and this, this and that. Right. What I also, I learned was that schools did probably need to have training. And I, this is why I changed my mind because someone, I think Brady or someone asked me earlier, how do you spot it? Or how do you, how do you know what's bullying what's not bullying? Like what's the difference between bullying and uh, assault, right? Once violence comes into play, that is assault. That is assault. That is assault. And you need your kids to know when they've been assaulted, not just like you've been bullied. You shouldn't be like getting violated and you think you've just been bullied. It's the regular. It's happening to you on a daily basis, right? And so then I realized, you know what? Schools do need effective training because they don't, 
probably know that they should be actually what to look for, the signs from just uh, how a kid might change in demeanor. You might have an outgoing kid that goes inward. You know what I mean? Like there used to be like the boy Alex, like he used to be so just out, you know, just full of life. And then he stopped being full of life. Like those signs um, when children's behaviors change, even with the parent, like how do you know your child is being bullied or being a bully? So it's training for parents, um, training uh, training for for teachers, you know? Um, so what, what do you go from there? They don't even have parent, you know, they used to have, when I was growing up, those parent, um, not conferences, but the parent board, you know, how the parents and schools had their own little committee. Like we need to have those things be put back in place and we need, schools really do need a training on how to spot bullying and what to, what to do when they see it because children shouldn't be being assaulted and it's called bullying, you know? And you should know what to do. I, you shouldn't have someone coming home every day saying they got beat up. Because like, like we made clear earlier, Hakeem, on the street, that wouldn't be called being beat up. That would be called, that's crime. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. That, that's just something I want to uh, make clear and um, have people take away when they leave here. If you have any kids or in school or or family or whatever, just consider that in your communities. Think about that. These are topics that you have to keep having with kids. And um, it makes us take accountability for our own behaviors, the words we use and how we treat one another. Because I know we see this on the day, even on this app, you know, we, we see how sometimes you have a room and how, how the dialogue will go back and forth between two adults. And then it, the name calling comes into play. And that's the part that is really you'll lose me. If you had a message, you'll lose me once I start hearing you name calling someone or bashing. That's a, that's something to look at too. So I don't know if anybody wanted to <clears throat> speak to that before I end here, but I did want you guys to just think about that the difference between assault and just bullying. It's a, when it's violent. And one more thing, guys, as we've seen, someone brought it up slightly here too. I think it was Lance when you said about being worried about that bu- the bully being retaliating. We've heard these stories. We've seen them. When a kid comes to school and they shoot up the school, things like that. So that's something to take a look at, too. So, Lance, I don't know if you had uh, something that you wanted to uh, reiterate on before. or Haki- Okay, Hakeem does, too, so I'm going to give you guys the floor. Oh, yeah, just briefly, yeah. And it got put in the chat, but it's like the teachers today, sadly, just as people and as teacher training, you know, going to college, they haven't. They have. They don't know conflict resolution. Like I was saying, it was just too many of us did it. We we dealt with it. Even rich kids went out and fended for themselves a little bit. They weren't all protected every minute, and uh, you dealt with stuff. So you toughened you a little bit, and you dealt with conflict. You know who's safe, who's you know who gets to pitch. You know or all that crap. But um, and the other thing is, Colin's no different than the greater world. I mean, I've been saying this months before I ever knew what Colin or years before I knew what Colin was. I live in the country now and I literally live among a bunch of Trumpers and I'm a far lefty and uh, I can talk to him. We can even argue and shake hands at the end. And I can't do that on the left. So let me just say this. You got Pangburn, man. I go to Pangburn hangout. It's all right wingers. I mean, they're pretty, pretty far right. Not always libertarian. Some they're not all Trumpers or anything like that at all, but they have civil discussions and I can argue with these guys because they, 
They don't deny facts, et cetera, et cetera. So let me just say this, Colin, I'm learning uh, after a month or two when I see that, and I'll just leave this very general, but when you push back against like real, 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 real Nazi stuff and nobody peeps, not about you can, you can love the sin or hate the sin. But if my best friend is spouting stuff, I'm going to tell you, you know, dude, I love you, but you got to get off that. Okay, so nobody piped up. So let me just tell you this, guys. Colin is a cesspool of hidden friendly fascism, as I call it, and also a lot of misogyny and racism and bigotry and hypocrisy and phony Christianity and all this stuff. And that's on the left. That's on the left. So... You know, it's just, I'm going to leave it general. I'll leave it there. But yeah, yeah. I, 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 like I said, I could talk, and it's true in my regular life for the last decade. I can have more civil and more reasonable conversations with people I disagree with 99% of the time than I can with, but I agree with 98% of the time. But yeah, over here on the left, this whole ses- this whole call in between people that are talk that are just being like allowed to say all kinds of personal and, and of course the ageism I'm used to, but all this stuff. And by the way, Mister Loudmouth Drunken goes on too long, Lance. Not once have I ever called anyone a name, or used a slur, or made any kind of personal attack ever. Not. Thank you, Lance. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate. <clears throat> You sharing your personal stories and things doesn't matter. Hey, Brandy. So I got a clock, uh, a session I'm about to start right now, but um, I just wanted to chime in. I mean, Lance, he he uh, he laid down a lot of really good points, which is the main one is to, for people to step in and say something. You know, like a lot of people are just bystanders and don't step in when when they see bullying happening. And that, whether that's in a school or in uh, the workplace or any setting, somebody, someone should say something on the bus, um, you know, anywhere that you go. And, um, and the, my final thought is that um, one of the things that should be done, there should actually be classes dedicated to teaching about how to deal with bullying because it is um, – and it doesn't even necessarily have to be a self-defense class. Just people should be made more aware that it's happening, that it's a problem, and um, that, and also training of the teachers. Like you said, um, there needs to be something put into place where they know how to deal with it and address it. And um, specifically in like arbitration or, or mitigation, where all the parties concerned are sat down and people are able to speak about what's going on and and you know like the, there's those parents like you said who they know their kids are bullies but maybe they're too embarrassed or whatever they feel they don't want to say anything about it but really education there needs to be very specific classes and courses that are, and workshops that are taught about that so thank you very much for uh, this great show I really appreciate all of your insight I mean I shouldn't be surprised, but you, um, you really have a lot of good points yourself here. And so I can tell that it's something that's very dear to you as a teacher um, and seeing students all the time and as, also as a parent. So I appreciate your points of view. And Lance as well made a lot of really good points. So um, thanks for that, and I'll see you guys around the uh, halls of Colin. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Before I go, I want to make something, I want to say something, right? Because this is important. Because a lot of people, I saw I had a group of friends on TikTok that thought this was an effective way to deal with the bully. 
I, I'm a, I'm a thinker. I'm a very logical thinker ahead of time. I think what you, you should do a lot more. That's, that's a whole other topic. We're going to, I'm going to um, open up address to critical thinking, but their hearts were in the right place. <laughs> they thought it'd be effective to bully the bully, right? But you do that. But when you do something like that, you have to have a goal in mind. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? And that you just don't go in and bully the bully. So now you're bullying the bullies, right? So at some point now, you're, you've turned into the same thing that you are fighting against because now you have just given, you didn't teach the bully anything. Now you have just reiterated and you just taught them that this, you know, basically this is the norm, right? Like you, your, your intentions were good, but what lesson, what, what goal do you have from bullying the bully? Because now you're just doing the same thing as was done before. You wanted to end in a lesson, right? Uh, there was a parent that um, her son, and this happened at the school I worked at. Now you guys be the judge. I don't know, because this could have been a, a humiliation at some point. But at, at the same time, I understand some parents when they want their kid to feel that feeling of what they've done to another person. Sometimes you got to go there, right? Uh, so her son, there was a younger girl that looked up to her son, thought he was cute and all that stuff. And he said something, the slightest thing to her. People have to watch this. He made fun of her eyebrows or something. They used to pick on her about her eyebrows. So this little girl, she was a big girl, but she's a little girl, went home and mutilated her eyebrows. She didn't mean to. But as soon as she got to school, she automatically, no matter who laid eyes on her, she automatically just started giving you this story, this rundown about, I went to the barber salon and blah, 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 this, this, and that. So we found out what really happened. So what the mother did was sent her son to school. She had him write on um, a pair of tennis shoes, uh, Air Jordans. He had some high water pants on. Uh, He just looked all around like a fool when he got to school, right? His friends, and he was pretty much a little bit popular. Everyone's laughing, even teachers, just making fun of them, just just making making them feel it, right? Now me, I didn't laugh. I thought it was humorous. I was just kind of like, hmm, that's something, right? But I paid more attention to the demeanor and like how he was throughout the day. And he just wouldn't speak and he just would keep walking and he wouldn't even respond. Uh, but then I saw how long it kept going on so every time. Even te- certain teachers, they would just keep going, going and going. How did that day end? Did it end with a sit down or anything of the sort? And I, I doubt it did. It would just, just humiliate. I don't know what the mother's conversation was, but if you're going to send him to school, then a teacher should definitely, or the principal, that should have been spoken. I hope it was spoken about, but it was, it was, it was allowed to happen. But did they talk to him? You know what I mean? Did they sit her down? Did they sit him down? Did they sit the students down since they were exposed to it? Because if they didn't, what did you learn there? Nothing. He was humiliated, first of all. I'm pretty sure he was left with humiliation with no lesson from it. And then all you did was show the kids once again to laugh at somebody, to make fun of them. Right? Because some kids go to school like that with shoes that aren't so great. They have to wear what they have to wear. You guys see what I'm getting out here? So... I understand where that parent was coming from, but couldn't there have been a more effective way? I do agree with sometimes you have to feel what that person is feeling that you're putting it through. I, I totally am down with it, but you still have to have, um, you have to think it through. Now, now what? Let me, let me land this plane, right? And so, yeah, that's another thing too. So we have to start, really have to think, just think, think. 
put yourself in somebody else's shoes. How would you feel? That should be the motto. How would you feel if someone treated you this way? Those bullies, if someone, a lot of times those bullies, they probably don't mean for a child to commit suicide. That's how detrimental this is that you get a hold on bullying. Because what if there's a child that engaged in this and that child committed suicide? I saw kids laugh at it still. Go online and make coffins and shit and still do it. That's horrific. That's a psychopath. I mean, that's, a, that's crazy. Social, that's crazy. So what about the child that didn't mean to take it that far? It feels horrible. What, if, what is that child left with? You know? And so it just, it's just the child that comes and retaliates because they're scared. So this is not something that people should take lightly. And everybody can be effective even if you have no children. And if your child hasn't been affected, it doesn't mean they won't be. Maybe they could be a, a, a second of light, be that bystander. Just, we just need to build and you know, bring better children. It starts in the home. I always will take it all the way back. It starts in the home. Well, I thank you guys for joining me. There'll be more of these. Hopefully, I'm going to try to bring the guests that I have on my podcast over to over here, too. And if you have a story... Uh, know somebody that has been um, affected as far as uh, you know fatal any fatalities, and even just your story in general. Uh, inbox me, and I um, would love to have you on the um, this season of Voices of Courage, the Bullying Edition, and let's see if we can help some help help some change some lives, not even just kids, but adults too. So thank you, Samantha. I'm gonna go ahead and make sure I follow you and. Tavia, I follow you already. And of course, I followed you, Lance. And I will be talking to you guys soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. In five, four, three, two.